I'm still amazed that I got here somehow and and I I would I'm still finding that in meeting Broadway drummers I'm like wow you really did that look at you you've been here for 20 years playing shows consistently that is so cool I want to be that Thank you for joining the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast with your host, Clayton Craddock. If you like what you hear on this show, subscribe to the Broadway Drumming 101 newsletter at broadwaydrumming101.com. Welcome to Broadway Drumming 101. Today, my guest is Emma Ford. How are you today? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you can be a part of this. Where are you right now? You're in you're another part of the United States. Yes, I am in San Diego at the moment. Um, I normally live in New York, but I'm out here doing a show called uh, Come Fall in Love. And it's, a, it's an out-of-town tryout, basically, before it comes to Broadway, hopefully. Have you been with the show for a while? No. So I returned to New York in, I think, April of this year. And I got a call to jump on this, their workshop that they were doing in New York because um, the, the original drummer who was doing it was a five-week workshop. The original drummer who was doing it got covid so I was like a last minute emergency, you know, hire. They needed to find someone immediately. So I only got there for like the last four days of the workshop and kind of just had to <laughs> figure out how to play the show. They were already, they already knew what they were doing and I just had to you know, listen to the demos and <laughs> make my way through all the songs somehow but yeah and then I was um lucky enough to get asked to come out here and do do it out here and it's been a blast tell me about the show the show uh was originally a Indian movie so it's an it's an Indian based show um but incorporating a western storyline as well it's like a mix of the two cultures indian and american and it's just like a, a love story of a of a indian girl falling in love with an american boy and how those two cultures navigate that story that that connection the love when you know there are arranged marriages and there's there's a lot there's a lot happening but it's it is a beautiful story. It comes together really nice, and the music is awesome. What kind of what kind of music is it? So it is like traditional Indian music, and then we got a mix of our Western, broad, like typical Broadway poppy music that we're all used to seeing on Broadway. So it is like a really nice mix um, in the in the show because we start out uh, in America, in Europe, and then we end up in the second act of the show, we go to India. So the second act is like very 
are heavily um, based on Indian music, drumming, percussion. Um, we're, I'm very lucky to have uh, Deep Singh, who's a percussionist, incredible Indian percussionist, and he's he's amazing to play with. And he, you know, he's taught me a lot from being with him and uh, learning a lot of new grooves and techniques and styles and it's just it's been really interesting a really great learning experience as well so i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying the music it's a great time so i know that there are like big bollywood movies but is there any of that incorporated into this musical yes so this is i think one of the biggest bollywood films of all time and uh everyone knows it everyone in india knows it they love it um and so the director of this movie was is the director of our show as well and so this is his it's not the same as the movie it's an adaptation um so it's still but it still has a lot of those like bollywood movie themes there's lots of colors lots of dancing, beautiful costumes. Um, the music is reflective of Bollywood music. It's, yeah, it feels, it feels like you are watching a Bollywood movie. You feel like you're in India. It's, it's wow. very cool. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. So who brought you on to the workshop? Uh, so originally our orchestrator arranger was Tom Kitt and he was involved in, in uh, working with our Indian composers to create this score. Um, so he called me in their final week when their drummer got COVID and um, I'd never met him before, but I'd worked on um, Jagged Little Pill and Head Over Heels, which are his shows. And um, yeah, Damien Bassman recommended me. And then so Tom gave me a call and I was able to go out there and do the, do the workshop, which ended up working out really well. And now I'm out here in San Diego and very grateful to Tom That's for, great. for giving me a call. Yeah. So you, you, are not originally from New York. I met you and I learned that you were from Sydney, Australia, correct? Mm -hmm. yep. Now you grew up there. Did you have a musical family? Was there somebody that, that piqued your interest in playing drums? Well, not drums specifically, but my grandma, my, my nan, my mom's mom was a classical pianist. So we went to the same university 60 years apart. So she studied classical there and then 60 years later I came along and uh, studied jazz at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. Um, so from like very early on, she's been, you know, a big part of why I'm interested in music. There was, you know, we'd always go to her house and I'd sit at the piano and I'd just play whatever, make music. I didn't know what I was doing, but 
there was something there that I was like, wow, I love this. And so when I first picked an instrument when I was like eight years old, I ended up going with clarinet, even though I wanted to play drums, I always thought, you know, clarinet is clarinet flute and like violin there for the girls. So I was like, okay, I'll just do clarinet then. And so I did that for a while and my, my nan was very supportive and she would, you know, pay for all my music lessons and she'd come to all my concerts and she'd help me with all my music exams and, and that kind of continued all throughout my years as a, as a kid going through school. And then I discovered drums and I switched to drums and she's been an even bigger supporter since then. So she's, she's the only one in my family that's musical, but she is my biggest fan and like she inspires me and we just have that special bond because that's been our life together growing up is is music so i'm so grateful to her you said you discovered drums how did you discover them well i i you know i was a part of the school band as a kid um and I'd always seen like the boys at the back playing the drums and I was like, yes, yeah, when I'm in band, I, I see it there, but I never, I guess I was never brave enough to ever go near them or go back there and play anything. I didn't, I just never did that. But I remember one day I went over to my friend's house and her brother had a drum kit and I just, I sat down and I was like, okay, this is cool. I think I can, I can make noise. I can do something. And I picked up the sticks and I just played whatever and just was immediately hooked. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing playing clarinet? This is the best thing I've ever done. And I'm just like hitting things and making noise, but I was instantly blown away at how much I loved it and it just felt right to me. Did it come naturally to you? I think so. And I think it, I mean, I think it also helped that I had musical knowledge from playing the clarinet and from like a little bit of piano. And I think that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, picking up the sticks and, and moving around the drum kit and getting used to what that felt like it did feel right it felt natural it felt like that's this is what I was supposed to be doing so since you have that experience when you're at when you were at Paradise Square did you look down well I guess you couldn't because you were in a separate booth area but mm. when you were like in rehearsals could you did you look at the clarinetist if there was one and just like <laughs> so glad that I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, every time, every time I see I see the woodwinds, I'm like, man, I respect you, but I'm so glad I play the drums. <laughs> did you did you have people drummers that you uh, looked up to or or were like trying to be like when you were younger? 
not when I was younger. I feel like I didn't have really any, I didn't know of anyone apart from like my drum teachers and I, and not, not even like, I didn't even have any female role models to look up to. Like there wasn't, there were no female drummers around that I knew of. Um, so it was really just, yeah, my drum teachers all through school. And then, you know, as I was getting older, they would start sharing music with me and albums and different types of music. And I'd start discovering other drummers, but no, no one that was like within reach of me that I could, I could see and be like, I want to do what you do. It's, I still felt very disconnected. And this was like also before YouTube was really a thing. And, you know, I wasn't old enough to go to gigs or concerts. So I was just, I just had to find music that I liked and, and play that because I, I, I didn't really know of anyone else that was doing this. What was that music that you found and, and what were you introduced to? I think it was just a mix of everything, but mostly, I guess, pop, rock, anything that was on the radio, I think was like my first exposure to music that has like good drumming. So I, I remember I'd play along to like Coldplay or John Mayer or, you know, any of these and, and, even older, like 70s and 80s bands and stuff, that CDs that my dad would have, and I'd just take them and put it on my little discman and headphones on and try to play along. And, yeah, it was a lot of that for a while, I think. Were there any kind of bands in high school and junior high that you played with? I started to get into jazz when I was in high school. So I never did like the teenage rock band thing. I, I started to go towards playing jazz because in the school band, um, we also had like a jazz band or like a funk ensemble, you know, stuff like that. So I started to become really interested in that music purely from the influence of my conductors at school and how they were jazz musicians and they would share music with us and encourage us to learn how to do it. And it was more fun than playing like orchestral percussion stuff. It's like, oh, I can play drum kit and I can be a little bit more creative. Um, so that's what kind of led me down the path of doing jazz at university after school. Um, after I'd finished high school, that that experience of being in those jazz bands during school was like basically inspired me to continue this path of playing drums as a potential career. And, yeah, and so that experience and playing that music kept me going, which was nice because I'm not sure what would have happened if I didn't have that experience 
of playing jazz. I don't know if I would have been as serious about this. So I'm, I'm grateful to my teachers and the bands that I was a part of. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I never had that angsty emo teen rock band situation that everyone seems to have. <laughs> so after this show is done, then you're going to start your, your angst. Yeah, maybe now is the time. <laughs> Cut your hair off and, and just, yeah. <laughs> just go for it. It's, you know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you went to Sydney Conservatum of Music and you studied, yeah. you studied jazz performance, jazz drumming. Like, what are mm -hmm. you, what's the thing that you study at the Conservatum? Yeah, I, I studied jazz performance, so it was pretty much 24-7 jazz. Wow. It was like, it was a lot for four years, and I got my bachelor degree of jazz performance in drums, and um, yeah, it was wild. It was a, it was a great experience. Um, I never went in to that degree wanting to come out of it as a jazz musician that was never what i was interested in i i i liked playing jazz but it wasn't the end goal and i knew beforehand that i kind of i wanted to do musical theater um as a career so i i just used that experience at university doing jazz to just be a better drummer. I just wanted the skills of a jazz musician because they're so that jazz is hard and it's super challenging and you got to learn how to read and count and improvise and all these things, technical skill, all, all of these things that I could apply to musical theater. Also, you know, I could be taught that through playing jazz so i just looked at that degree as an opportunity to just be a better drummer as opposed to being a jazz drummer on the other side of it so it was really helpful and i'm very grateful that i got that opportunity to study and learn and play with great young musicians and it's helped me a lot in this career so far when did you realize that you wanted to play in musicals i think i was i was about 15 i was in grade 10 and we had a week of work experience so everyone would have a week off school and you go and you work in uh with a business and like it's it's basically preparing you to have your first job and figure out what you want to do. So um, I had recently seen the Rocky Horror Show in Sydney and the stage show, and I was obsessed with it. And I just said, what, what, if, what if I did my work experience at that show? And it took a lot of emails and calls and my mom helped me and we finally got an answer and they said I could come along and spend a week with them. So I spent one night in each department 
So I was with the stage manager and then the next night I was with the lighting crew and then the next night was like wigs and costumes and I would just follow everyone around. And then I had two nights with the band and on my final night they, uh, the band were on stage and they, before I went on, they dressed me up, they put me in makeup and like a little wig and then they gave me a box of percussion. And so the, the play out was they took, they did their bows and then it was like the playoff music. And then they were just like, take whatever you want, play whatever you want. And then the curtains opened up to reveal the band. And I was just standing on stage next to the drummer with a tambourine. And I was just playing the tambourine and just grooving. And at that moment, I was like, oh my God this is what I want to do. This is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And I I was just so, I was just so sure in that moment. I was like, this is, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. So I then started getting involved in just my local, you know, community theater shows. So the first one I did was Little Shop of Horrors and I was like, oh, this is a great introduction to what this is. And and then I kind of over the next, I don't know, five, ten years just worked my way up from community theatre to professional theatre and and it was wild. <laughs> It was wild, but I've I've loved it the whole time. There's never been a moment where I've been like, oh, I'm, I think I want to do something else. Always, always from that moment, playing tambourine on stage with a purple wig on <laughs> as a 15-year-old, <laughs> just like not knowing what's going on, but just so happy to be there. It's, I've always loved it from that, from that moment. When did the drummer queens come into your life? Oh, the drummer queens. Uh, Maybe when I was, oh, God, I don't know, actually. 2014, I want to say, is when that happened. Um, So I joined this all-female drumming group in in Australia based in Sydney. And um, we would play a bunch of events, sporting events, grand finals, um, awards shows, um, anything like that was like a spectacle, we were there. (laughs) Um, Because we were a bunch of 10 women playing drums and that is not common. <laughs> so everyone, you know, wanted wanted to witness that and have us at all of their big events. And and uh, eventually they made it into a, a stage show, which is great. I wasn't a part of it. I was over here. But uh, they, yeah, they've done really well. It was great group to be a part of is great to play with other women and yeah i i was with them for quite a few years is it a like a drum core thing or is it a percussion ensemble what kind of 
thing is it we don't have like marching bands or, or anything that it's not a it's not really a thing for us there are some in australia but it's not it's not like every school has a marching band and then a drum line we don't have that so i guess it is kind of we are we are all drumming we've all got either a snare or like a tom or whatever and we're, we're also roaming around okay but okay. uh it's also like performance there is a bit of choreography there are some dances in the group that it's it's like it is a performance we're putting on like a little bit of a show um which is is cool it's it is definitely it's got its own little place in the world i don't know i think i prefer to be behind a drum kit but <laughs> i did ha- i did have fun i did have fun when i was with them Soon afterwards, I suppose, well, a couple of years later, you decided to move to New York. Mm-hmm. And you moved to New York because you specifically wanted to be playing musicals. Yes. In order to move to New York or move to the United States, uh, you know, we discussed this when we met in person, you have to have a visa in order to enter the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to have a, a show that you were working on or something that they knew that you were going to be doing this? Like, how do you say, you know, say if I, if I wanted to go to Australia and I want to play musicals, is it the same kind of thing? I mean, I don't know if you know what it's like going back, but. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is like coming into Australia to do that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really sure about that, but I, I was on an O1 artist visa um, there are a few different types, but I didn't, it was one where I didn't need to have a sponsor or a show, um, where I was employed. I just had to, um, have a bunch of references from people back home to say, she's great. Here's all the things she's done for me. Highly recommend. And then, people in the US saying that they do intend on hiring me for this gig, this gig, this gig. Um, But I don't necessarily have to be signed up with a show or anything. I don't have to have um, work lined up, just the intent of being hired over here. But with that, you also have to prove that you are good enough to be over here. So you have to include multiple documents of how much you've done, all the gigs you've done, like reviews, posters, if you're ever mentioned in a news article or uh, in a review, um, anything with your name in it, any pictures, just like every bit of information on every gig you've ever done is what they want because you basically have to show that you are an artist of extraordinary ability, which is what the visa is officially called. It's a lot of paperwork, but luckily mine was was accepted and I was able to come over here and, and start working. I've used my first one, which is a, a three-year visa, and I've now renewed it uh, this year. So I've got another three years. Um, on this visa 
eventually I hope to get a green card so I can stay, but just going with the flow at the moment. Now, why New York and not the West End in London? Broadway for me is the ultimate place to be for musical theater. No shame on the West End. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's Broadway, you know, it's it's what people dream of. It's what I've dreamed of for so long. Um, also for me, London and Sydney are very similar and I it, it wouldn't feel very different. I don't I just don't think I would be as excited to be in London because it is, you know, comparable to Sydney and, and Australia, whereas Broadway is just so different and so exciting and New York's exciting and they're the best of the best over there and I want to be a part of that. I want to be around that. I want to be playing with the best of the best. I want to be the best of the best. Like I want to be up there with everyone. And uh, Look, Emma, you are you are. The best of the best. <laughs> You've made it already. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied, though. I think that's the problem. I, I think always, yeah, I think I'll still be trying to. Well, yeah, it's the, with this business, there's a lot of ups and downs, as you've already experienced. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about doing this is getting there and, and staying there and, and riding the waves. But, mm-hmm. look, you've proven to yourself that you belong here so congratulations on your success so far thank you thank you but did you know anybody here very few uh people when i first moved here i i traveled through the states and canada in 2016 i did like a two-month trip and i New York was one of the first places I wanted to go. So I planned that and I just thought, you know, I was listening to Hamilton. It had just recently come out. Everyone was obsessed with it. And uh, I was like, you know what, I might, what's the harm in just reaching out to the drummer for Hamilton, who's Andres Ferreira, and just seeing, just seeing if I could like get a lesson or like meet with him and just, find out like what is Broadway? What is it like? What, how, would I have a chance? Like, is there, is there any wisdom he could pass on to me? So um, luckily he replied to my email and we had a couple lessons and he basically just said, you need to move here. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Yes. I would love that. I would love to do that. And I just said, do you think that I could do this? Do you think I have what it takes to, to play on Broadway? Like, do I have a chance? And he was like, absolutely. But you have to be here to do that. And so that's what kind of started the ball rolling on me wanting to move there. And, um, he was probably, the only person that I really knew in this industry. I had a couple of other friends here who I'd gone to university with, but they were not in the musical theater world. Um, so I basically just took a risk 
and moved here without a plan or without really knowing anyone and was just like, hey, if I could meet as many people as I can, get as much advice as I can from anyone that's willing to help, then like maybe I could figure this out. Maybe I could end up on Broadway one day. I was just kind of there to learn and experience and yeah and then as soon as I got there I just started cold emailing people and asking for their help and asking just to meet with them so I could talk to them and and hear their stories and hear how they did it and anything they recommend like how do I be better what should I do um how do I get into this world what is it like I just wanted as much knowledge as I could get and through that I was meeting a lot of drummers and other musicians and starting to form like a little network and uh yeah it was it was it was crazy because i i never had that experience back home i never had anyone that really helped me or supported me and was like really on board with me getting into the industry um because sydney is quite small and there's only a few jobs there's only really two big shows happening a year and if you're not on it you don't have a job and so understandably people are protective of their positions and uh i never really was able to quite crack into that scene you know because it, it's it's small and it's hard it's hard so I never had anyone that was willing to help me get in there but coming here it was I was just amazed at how supportive everyone was and how willing to help they were like they taking time out of their day to meet with me and chat with me and that just that was so invaluable to me because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a plan. <laughs> I was just like, please help, please help, please give me everything you can. And and a lot of the people that I met did, and I'm they're still doing that for me and being supportive and helping me with my career and recommending me for things and i'm so happy that that is the environment here everyone wants to help each other out because we all know what it's like we're all in the same boat four years into your career here in new york city and in your third year you got well was it your third year or was it this year um yeah I get lost between 1999, 2019 and 2022. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do we count the pandemic? I don't know. I don't think that counts. Yeah, I think count. that's 
No, we just removed that from our memory. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was April of this year when you started Paradise Square. Now, you just basically told everybody your story of how you got connected into the Broadway community. Mm-hmm. If you were to do it, if you were to tell somebody what is the thing that you should probably do in order to get connected, like what's the, the most important thing you think somebody should do in order to try to become a drummer on Broadway? What I did was that, and it worked for me, was to be here to reach out to these other drummers and ask them to meet with them with no, you know, expectations or intentions behind meeting these people. I think the most important thing is creating a... a a friendship and uh, a good network with with your fellow drummers and not not going in chasing jobs just accepting the fact that you know this might take a little while to break into the scene but if you are kind to people and you you want to learn from people and 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 you support them who knows what can come of that because if they like you they're going to remember you and they're going to want to give you a shot at these things so when i came to new york i that's all i wanted to do was meet people get all their advice, ask them questions about their, you know, their Broadway journey and how they got there and what kind of work is required and and what do I need to do to be be one of them. And then, you know, keep those people around you and and maybe one day down the track they will recommend you for something or use you for something or call you for something. But I would, I never went in with the expectation of, you know, I'm going to get a job by meeting this person. Like that's not for me the right attitude. I just wanted to go in and just be a sponge and just take in everything they had to say and think how can I apply that to my life and my skill set and how to what can I do on my own in my own practice time to to be able to be seen for things to be able to be called um, to get these gig offers like what can I use from their words of uh, wisdom to to bring to my own life to get to where I want to be. I think there is no shame in emailing people or calling them and just wanting to meet with them. And I found a lot of people really wanted to help and were happy to meet for a coffee before a show and talk for an hour, you know. And I think there will be people that won't and that won't reply and that's okay. Everyone's got their own thing going on, but there's always going to be people that will say yes. 
and that will want to help. And I'm just glad that I found a whole lot of drummers in New York that wanted to help. And, uh, yeah, so I recommend it. I recommend just reaching out and just asking. So there are drummers that are listening to this all over the United States and some in different parts of the world. You came from Australia, somebody that may be coming from Arkansas or Arizona Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Alaska. (laughs) What do you recommend someone do that, that it's like, man, God, how do I live in New York city? It's so expensive. And you know, do you have to have a job before you come here? Do you have a, have a lot of money? Where do you live? What kind of place do you live in? Like, give me some practical advice as far as like transitioning to New York and then doing what you did to become a success on Broadway. Yeah. So it, it was definitely moving countries was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, very stressful. Um, but that's mostly logistical things like opening a bank account and and a pho- getting a phone and like you know finding a place to live that that stuff is all stressful life things um i saved up a lot of money before moving because i knew there was no way that i would be getting work at least in the first I just assumed I wouldn't be getting work for the first like three to six months at least. So I figured out, okay, what's the average rent in New York? How much do I need to save? And then on top of that groceries and on top of that, like any other bills, anything else I needed to pay for transport, all that stuff. So I I made a budget and I saved what I needed to save to come here and live off those savings. So I'm very glad I did that because um, the the finding a place to live and paying rent without having a job was like scary. (laughs) So I luckily enough, I did have a a few friends um, in New York already that I wanted to come and stay with and they let me crash with them for a couple months and until I found a place of my own. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad I had them because I don't know what I would have done had I had to like jump straight into finding a place to live, sorting out all the logistical stuff. Um, So I would hope anyone moving to New York had someone to stay with at least for the first little while. But I think it is also possible to just move and find a place and get started. Um, But uh, it, it it is a lot. So I would recommend saving up as much as you can because New York is an expensive place. And um, if you don't have the work, you, you need something to fall back on. Um, and luckily, if you're coming from America anyway, you can get a job wherever, whereas the visa that I was on, um, it does not la- allow me to do anything but performance work. 
So I couldn't work as a waitress or a bartender or get a job in as a whatever. I, I couldn't do anything else but play drums <laughs> and be paid for playing drums. That helps you so, focus. I mean, yeah, it, it certainly motivated me because I was like, well, this is how much money I have. I need to find work before my money runs out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have drums that you brought over? No, no. I just left it, <laughs> just left everything there. I just brought a suitcase and that was that. <laughs> so do you, um, have, do you have cymbals, snare? Do you have anything here? I do. I have a little drum kit. It's in storage right now, which is not ideal, but playing drums in a, an apartment in New York is also not really possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a drum kit. I took my cymbals back to Australia and then I didn't ship them back over because I was planning on buying some new anyway here. Um, but yeah, I just, everything's in, in storage at the moment and still trying to sort out a a practice space, but then that's another added expense as well, um, to add to the list of the money that you're saving to, to move here is you have to play, you have to practice drums. If you're going to be playing a gig or whatever, you can. You have to be able to practice. So I didn't uh, invest in a, a practice space, uh, like a shared space. I would go to um, just like a studio and hire a room for a couple of hours and, and play. And that was how I made do. And it was reasonably cheap and doable. So I went with that option over having a rented space in New York. So you moved here, you reached out to a lot of drummers and you met Andres and you met me as well. What was mm-hmm. the first um, first show that you subbed on? The first show that I subbed on was Head Over Heels and um, that was Dina Toriello's chair. Um, and through knowing Andres, um, he recommended me to Dina because he Dina is his sister-in-law and Dina was luckily looking for subs at the time, female or non-binary subs. And uh, it was my third week after moving to New York that I got this amazing opportunity to play for Dina which I didn't expect. I was fully prepared to be like a year's time and still nothing. But uh, I was very lucky to have someone that supported me and believed in me enough to recommend me for this gig. And then, you know, I played a bit for Dina and she was happy with it. And, and that was the first show that I that I ended up on and it was, it was a lot of fun. Come From Away was my next one, which was with Larry Lelly, who is one of my favorite humans on this planet. Um, he's the greatest and he has been the most supportive and helpful to me in my career here and, 
and life things. I go to him for everything. He's just the greatest guy and he just really wants me to succeed. He wants, he wants everything for me and, I, and I'm so grateful to him. And then he has assisted in helping me meet other people and more drummers and more musicians and he recommends me for things. And yeah, and I, I wouldn't be here without him. Like there's no way. He has been the best thing to happen to me. I'm so grateful to him. Absolute legend. Tootsie, Jagged Little Pill, you were also working, uh, doing stuff with Mean Girls and Magic Mike. Yeah, so I played um, their dance calls, their, all their auditions I played um, drums for, mostly just, yeah, accompaniment work, which was really fun because I'd never, I'd never been in that situation before. Um, I'd never done things like playing for auditions. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved working really closely with choreographers, I think is really fun because they just, they just love drums. Choreographers love drums. Yeah, it's fun. I was talking to Steve Bartosik the other day about the relationship between the drummer and the choreographer. And when you try to interpret some of the things that they, they say and then either you get it right or you get it wrong. Yeah. But most of the time, if you if you hit the, the kick in the right way and you give them the right sound, they they look back and they give you a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's yeah. a very cool thing to try to figure out what they want. But when you get yeah. in sync with them, they they love it. Because they like you said, yeah. they love drums, they love to dance. Your first time subbing for Dina, what did you mm. do to prepare? Yeah, I guess I'd never properly subbed before that. So I I relied on her and Andres's guidance as well to help me prepare how to do that. Um, and I've kind of kept with the same routine every time I'm learning a new show and that's I always will try to um, memorise the recording or not not fully memorized, but know it well enough um, that I know exactly what's coming. And I will learn it all from just reading the score and just listening to the recording before I even touch the drums. So it has to be all in my head because then my hands will know what to do. Because if I like, if I can sing it, if I can say it, I can play it. Um, so I try as much as I can to know the whole show before I even sit down to, to play through it. And then by the time I am playing through it, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what's coming up. I know what this sounds like. I know what symbol to hit. I know all of that. So then it's down to where is the placement of the drums? Like where does my arm go? Where, what angle? And where's this Tom sitting? And, and then working out the more technical, difficult stuff. That's how I would learn the book. And then I would go in and watch Dina play the show, do that as many times as 
I needed. And then that was, that was that I practiced it and practiced it until I was sick of practicing it. And I sick of listening to the songs. Um, but I think that's what you have to do. Cause I think that's the point of like, Oh, I'm ready. I know, I know this show. I know what to expect. Um, I mean, it's live theater. You, you never really know what to expect, but musically, I know what's coming. I know what's required of me. I know how the songs are supposed to go. And by that point, it's like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to play it. You have to do it all on your own, basically. Very rarely will you get like a put in rehearsal or any time with the band, you just show up and you sit down and off you go. <laughs> and it's terrifying. <laughs> Being a sub is so scary. I think that's when you just have to trust. You just have to trust yourself and trust that you know what you're doing. Like you said in the very beginning, it's like, you know, you were you know, put back and you play clarinet or piano and those are the drummers back there, but you just have a love for drumming. I'm sure that there are a lot of people that have that love. And do you, do you find that there are people that were discouraging of you pursuing this because you were a woman or was that ever an issue? I don't think there was no discouraging going on. I think it was, that was like, I think there was just more of like a little bit of judgment. There was no one ever said to me, oh, you can't do that because you're a woman. It was just like, oh, oh, you, you want to play drums. Oh, or like I'd work, I'd walk into a, music store and and look at like even now I can walk into a, a drum shop and the salespeople treat me like I don't know what I'm talking really? about. Like I don't belong there. Or yeah, and people the surprise when people find out that I play drums is still a thing, you know? People are still like, wow, wow, that, that girl drummer, that's so cool. I, so I never had anyone you know, bring me down and tell me I couldn't do it. And if they did, I wouldn't have listened to them anyway. But <laughs> I, uh, I still definitely face a lot of judgment. Surprise. People. Surprise, yeah. Um, and I find a lot of judgment comes from uh, males and a lot of surprise comes from females but it's an excited surprise mm. because they i feel like we still as women don't realize that the possibilities of of what we can do and i feel like a lot of women just never even considered similarly like that women can play drums women can play bass, uh, guitar, do construction work, you know, like anything that is like a typically male job. I think there's still women that, because it's so ingrained in us that those are male roles, I think there's still women that just don't even think that that's a possibility. Have there been a lot of women reaching out to you to try to sub for you at Paradise Square? 
Yeah, I I mean, as soon as I got that gig, I guess a lot of people found out who I was and I and a lot of people were emailing me and wanting to meet up with me and and I did notice a lot of young women wanting to meet up with me and um that made me so happy because I was like that was me and I didn't know anyone that did what I wanted to do and I I'll never forget also just this one day at Paradise Square I came into the pit after the show someone was calling my name and I was like wait what's happening so I walked into the pit and there was this young girl leaning over the the edge and she she just was so taken back and she was she was like happy and excited crying and just so um excited to to meet me and I was like wait me (laughs) like what I was I'm like you do realize I was that I wasn't up there I wasn't on the stage (laughs) I was just back in the dungeons and she's like yes I follow your Instagram I I I want to do this she was in college and she was like I want to do this when I get out I and seeing you a female playing on Broadway it just like helps me know that this is something that I can actually do and I was just so touched by her excitement and I just saw myself in her I was like this was me like and she has someone that can show her that it can be done and that's massive and so for any female that reaches out to me I mean I I will help anyone that asks to to meet with me I I will always say yes but especially to the young females because I know what that's like and I know what it would mean to see yourself in someone that is doing what you want to do, to seeing like there is this chance that I could be playing a Broadway show. I could do this. And I think that is so amazing. And I want to help anyone get to to where they want to be and I I will do whatever they need I will chat to them for hours I will do lessons I will do whatever because I'm still amazed that I got here somehow and and I I would I'm still finding that in meeting Broadway drummers I'm like wow you really did that look at you you've been here for 20 years playing shows consistently that is so cool I want to be that so to have someone look up to me in that way is just so meaningful and I'm so happy that, you know, she could have someone and like a goal to work to work towards um, to be in this in this world because we need we need more women. We need more female drummers, we need more female musicians in this industry and I'm just so happy that I can be one of them and hopefully inspire a bunch of young women to come and join us. So you've made it to the top 
of the uh, top of the the top of your game by being in the show Paradise Square. It's a, it was a Broadway show that ran this year. How did you get connected with that? So Jason Howland, who was the composer and the MD for the show, um, him and I did a workshop together when I first came to New York. I don't even, I think Larry, I think Larry Lally introduced me to Jason and recommended me for this workshop. So I met Jason there. We got along really well and we had a great time at the workshop. We made some cool music. It was awesome. It was really fun. And then we kind of just like kept track of each other's lives through social media. Um, Then when the pandemic hit uh, in 2020, I went back to Australia and um, Australia actually handled it really well um and we got our cases down to very low numbers so that we could then return to normal life so by the end of 2020 australia was back to normal and theater came back so i ended up doing pippin in sydney where i met the md Daniel Edmonds, um, and he's an amazing guy, amazing musician, brilliant keys player, awesome guy. And so we did Pippin together. Also then we're meant to do Jagged Little Pill together, but he got called by Jason Howland to come and work on Paradise Square in Chicago because they knew each other through doing um, Beautiful here and in Australia. So they knew each other. And when it came down to finding a drummer for New York, because originally they had Chris Jago, um, who is a great drummer, lives out in LA though, and his family is in LA and that's his life over there. So he set up the show, he did the out of town in Chicago, and then he brought it to Broadway and opened it and then left after opening and I took over after we opened it. So when it, when it came time to picking who was, who was going to take over for Jago, Daniel and Jason had a chat and my name came up and they both thought it would, they would love to have me there and, I was planning on coming back to New York anyway. Um, and yeah, that was, that was that. So through my connection with Jason from before the pandemic and with Daniel during the pandemic, and then all of us reuniting in New York together, like that, that was how it happened and it's wild. Um, and it was, such a cool experience and great to play with both of them. I'm just stoked, stoked to be there and so grateful for the opportunity because I know that it's so hard to be offered a chair on Broadway. That is a very tough thing to come across. So I was just 
every second there, I was so appreciative to, to be there. That's amazing. You have a chair on Broadway, you're making steady money and you don't have to dip into your savings as much. <laughs> yep. It, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's nice. a wonder, wonderful thing. When you were there, though, you had to find drum subs. Who did you look for and what were you looking for when hiring people? So uh, because it was COVID times and uh, the show had already was already in previews and whatever before I even got there, they had to have people on standby because I wasn't even in the country yet. So they needed some subs um, to to ju- just in case, just to cover, just to cover uh, in case of emergency, in case of COVID. And it was actually really difficult to to find people um, because because of COVID, everyone was. All the drummers were working. All the subs were working because every day it'd be like, well, this drummer has COVID, so his sub's over here and then this sub's over here. And, it, like, it's it was just a nightmare and it just kept happening. Um, so everyone was really busy, which was great. Great. Subs were getting a lot of work, um, which is very cool. And I guess when it comes to looking for subs i'm probably not the best person to do that because i'm still also new here i still feel new here so i really didn't know many people so i had to go off recommendations um for for other drummers and i and i looked for people that were new to the scene and I wanted to give opportunities to um, people like me. I, I wanted to hire some females. I wanted to hire young people, people of color. I wanted, I wanted inclusion because I knew how hard it is for these people to get work. And um so I really wanted to do that, but then again, yeah, I I didn't know anyone, so I had to I had to ask around and get recommendations. So I'm grateful for that. But I the most important thing to me with having a sub is that they are good humans. Like obviously, we can all play obviously you need to be able to play the show yes that's important but you don't need to be the best drummer to ever exist I don't think that's necessary I think if you play the show and you're capable and the MD's happy and that career working environment is is all good then that's that's fine but I think the most important thing to me anyway is to um have have someone that is you know humble and excited to be there and able to get along with everyone else in the band and have a good relationship with the musical director and the bass player and someone that's kind and um there's no egos there's no attitude um 
because I, I, no one wants to work with someone like that. You know, I, I feel like what's most important is the working environment and the people that you're around because you're going to be around them a lot. So you also don't want to bring that kind of negative energy into your band. You don't want them to be dealing with a bit of an asshole. So I, I wouldn't want to do that to anyone else. And I, and I, I'm just very, yeah, I value good, kind humans. And I think that for me is the most important thing. And obviously, yes, you have to play to be able to play the show, but I think it's the person, the kind of person you are and the kind of vibe that you have um, in interacting with everyone else, I think is the most important part. Unfortunately, your show didn't last for <laughs> as long as it probably may should have. Yeah. But when you were there, did you ever get tired of playing the same thing over and over again? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> this show was one of the most um, physically and mentally demanding shows I've ever played. Wow. Um, there was so much drumming. <laughs> it, was, it was like nonstop and it was like full blast all the time. It was just like, it just took so much strength and energy and concentration. Um, and so that, that part of it was really fun because it was just like, you just can't, will I make it to the end of the show today? Who knows? <laughs> Push through, just see like, just see how far you can go and like how much you can push yourself and, um, that was always really exciting. And the fact that it wasn't clicked, we didn't have, we had a click in maybe half of two songs. That was it. Wow. And then, yeah, and the rest of it was conducted. So that was also another challenge that was, that was like keeping things really interesting and it meant that things would change every day, every show, like maybe the cast would be pushing or they'd be pulling and maybe the conductor would want to, you know, do the same at different points. And um, so that was another thing that kept me on my toes and it, it felt like every show was different. And also for me, the people there just made it so enjoyable for me so I just never I never got sick of it because every day going in the building was just so exciting and yeah it was just it was awesome I wish it had lasted longer but what can you do do you have any special gear that you prefer to use Zildjian, Peisty, Vic Perth, Remo, Evans? Um yeah I use Vic Perth sticks uh, Remo skins, um, tending to use a lot of Sabian symbols these days. I'm really into them at the moment and, um, pearl drums as well. So they're usually what I gravitate towards. Um, I haven't yet had a show where I start from the very beginning where I get to design my own kit. 
Um, Because by the time I was on Paradise Square, that was already sorted. But I would like to have the opportunity to be there from the very beginning. And who knows, this uh, Come Fall in Love is looking like it will head to Broadway soon. So hopefully that means I could potentially be building a kit for the show. I don't know. But um, there's always a lot of good gear around and I feel like subbing is great because you get to play everything because everyone else has got all their their gear that they use and you get to play new cymbals and new drums and new heads and all this different percussion and it's exciting it's like it's like Christmas when you go into a new <laughs> into a new room it's like oh what hey. is the play today <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true that you know you do get to experience a lot of different styles of drum sets and different mm-hmm. configurations and it, it's actually you know you you learn what you like when you start playing it's like oh wow i like the symbol or i like this mm-hmm. brand or some you're like yeah yeah this is too heavy you know i can't get any sound out of it but mm-hmm. it's it, like you said it's kind of like christmas it's very cool mm-hmm. um speaking of finding things and under a tree if somebody wants to find you is, is that a bad segue <laughs> 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 where can they locate you on the uh the interwebs tiktok uh, mm, no not i'm not super active on tiktok <laughs> um Snapchat? the best place the oh definitely not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, send me a snap at <laughs> please don't um, <laughs> the best place to find me would be uh, Instagram at uh, emmaford.drums I'm pretty active over there so if anyone has any questions or wants to you know ask about anything to do with drums I'm always there and I'll try and reply back and yeah, I as I said before, I know what it is to be like to want to get into this world and to have people to go from having people that don't want to help to having a really large supportive network of people that are willing to give you their time to help you and support you and and get you to where you want to be like knowing that people did that for me, I, I want to be able to pass that on to other people too. So I'm, I'm very open to chatting and answering any questions or meeting up with people and just any, any, anything I can do for, for the people that are wanting to break into this, this world. Cause it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Say for instance, you, you, don't get another show for a while. And somebody says, you know what? I want you to move to LA and I want you to go on tour with a uh, little baby or whatever these new people are. I don't know what mm-hmm. kind of music you like. Mm-hmm. Is, does your visa allow you to do that? Can, you can be any performing art. Yes. I mean, I can, as long as it's drumming work, drumming performance work, I can do that. And I mean, I'm open to, to whatever I, I, after I'd already accepted to come do Paradise Square on Broadway, I got an offer to do a, a European and North American tour with a, 
an Aussie artist who's doing really well and and I, I had to turn it down obviously because I was coming to do Paradise Square but I that was the first time I was like oh actually I might like to also do that at some point so whilst Broadway is my life and the dream and the goal if an opportunity came out up to to go and do something like that and tour with an artist and do all that stuff i think i would be open to it as well well you know ed um, sharon is going on tour so <laughs> but he uses he uses loops and oh really he, he yeah the last i went and saw him on tour and it was just him on a stage and he's what? like make he's like drumming on his guitar and using his loop pedal and stuff and like beatboxing so i'm like dang <laughs> no band no people? band yeah yeah no band yeah well, um, maybe that's how he keeps all the money <laughs> maybe <laughs> wow maybe. yeah what? so he does all those hits with just him and the, and the loops and on yeah, on the tour on that, that tour. I saw, okay. yeah, that was just him. I, I don't know what this new tour is going to be, but I was, I was, I mean, I was pretty impressed. But I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry, are the, you are the solution for Ed Sheeran. I'm going to text him <laughs> yes. right now. Hold on, <laughs> just text him. She's free on November first. That's so good. Well, it was very nice talking to you. Uh, again, I wish I was out there hanging with you, but yeah, you'll be back here when it's, when it's nice and chilly, and and it's going to be nice. You know, the fall in New York City is really, really pretty. So yeah, I'm excited to be back. Then it's going to be Christmas, and then Hell you're going to yeah. find out your show's going to come in, and you're going to start rehearsing in February. Then you hey. open, you open in April, and I'm putting this. <laughs> These good this vibes. This is great. Out. I appreciate this. <laughs> See, Thank I didn't you. tell you this is therapy. This is therapy. Oh, 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 is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Like we're just manifesting, <laughs> manifesting all of it. Love it. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Clayton Craddock's manifesting sessions. <laughs> I'm manifest your destiny with Clayton. Ah, I like that. Oh man, love that. <laughs> it's gonna be a new podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully it works. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> yes, I'm putting we're putting it out there. So yeah, anyway, I, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for your time, and it's very nice learning about your history. And I, I congratulations on your past success, and I'm wishing more continued success in your career. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck with your show, and have fun out there, and. We will hopefully see each other on the Broadway campus when you get back. Hell yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk. All right. Thank All right. you. See you later. If you like what you hear on this show, subscribe to the Broadway Drumming 101 newsletter at broadwaydrumming101.com. To continue producing the high-quality podcast you're listening to, publishing engaging newsletter content, and posting YouTube videos, we would appreciate any financial contributions you can make. At this time, we have no advertisers, and we'd like to keep it that way. Our staff is small, but growing. We can only produce this show with listener contributions from people like you. There are a couple of ways you can do that. You can sign up to be a monthly or annual subscriber at broadwaydrumming101.com. 
You can also contribute any amount you wish through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Broadway Drumming 101 or through Venmo at Broadway Drumming 101. Or help keep us caffeinated by buying us a cup of coffee or a week's worth at buymeacoffee.com forward slash BD101. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash BD101. We appreciate any support you can give. Don't forget to subscribe to the Broadway Drumming 101 YouTube page. You'll find more content that isn't featured on the podcast or on the Broadway Drumming 101 Instagram page. Make sure when you subscribe to the YouTube page, you click on the button to be notified when a new video is published. Be sure to visit our new shop at merchandise.broadwaydrumming101.com. Thanks again for listening to the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast.